You're listening to The Journey Podcast with Russell Hughes, the show where we share the real journeys of individuals who are crushing it in their industry. Yes, welcome back to the Journey Podcast. Today we are joined by the infamous Mr. London Plumber, taking over East London, South London, North London. Are you stretching to to West London as well now these days? Um, West London has always been the hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my guest today is someone I would say is quite inspirational, um, especially for the young people. I've been following him for a long time now. And I think one of the things that I enjoy about following him is his authenticity, the way he keeps it 100 percent real. And actually, from every, all the research that I've done, you know, like I can see that your drive is actually to help the the generation behind us and, and you spend a lot of time um giving your time to colleges you're doing lectures now yeah. um and i can see you're basically sort of showing the, the the young ones um behind us how it's done mm-hmm. how to do it and you know uh, if anyone wants to to see what it's like to live in the day of a life of a plumber mr dot london underscore plumber underscore is the place to see it Welcome, bro. How are you? I'm all right, you know. I am all right. That was a very nice intro, I do have to say. That's one of the best ones that someone's ever given me. So <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, boy, it's well-deserved, man. Trust me. You know, um, part of this podcast, um, which I was, I was, I'll tell you a little bit about it, is um, I had this realisation similar to what you're doing initially. Mm-hmm. Like, I was trying to bring, um, what's it called? young apprentices through because my journey and we're going to talk about your journey but my journey in becoming a qualified electrician first of all was like I, like straight up was hell like it wasn't it wasn't an easy journey it was enjoyable and I loved it but it was filled with so many obstacles that I thought raw how is how someone who doesn't have the perseverance or the courage or you know all of these attributes that I built over a long period of time in my life like how are they going to be able to get through that and especially you know I, I try not to bring race into it but especially being you know perceived as as a, as a black young man makes it even that more difficult let alone for for you know our our, our counterparts and so what's interesting is seeing your journey and as i said I, i've been following it you you you've taken it to another level you're really you know putting a lot of effort and a lot of time and a lot of energy into into actually going out into the colleges and finding these young young people and trying trying to influence and help them and i think that's i think that's great so yeah um for me this podcast i'm hoping is going to give insight initially it was just to young people similar to 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 what you're doing but what i've realized is transcends across all ages it transcends across you know cultures barriers mm-hmm. all of it and hopefully over a long period of time i'll have a catalog for young people older people whoever to to pick like oh i want to see what what does a plumber do what does an entrepreneur do what does someone who's giving back to society what does their life look like and you know society has a way of um of sort of glorifying what success is but in my eyes you're very successful like you're someone that i would encourage young people to emulate 
And that, what I'm realizing, you know, they said, what's that saying? Not all heroes wear capes. And actually every single individual in society's eyes, like, you know, they might be seen as normal, normal people, normal guys just doing their thing, normal ladies doing their thing as if you heard some of my podcasts, but actually they're superhuman. They're, they're, they're leading, leading the way for, for, for everyone, generally ahead of them and behind them. hundred percent. I would definitely agree with that because, um, I think when you're doing something and you're in the moment of doing it, you don't understand the significance of it there and then. You're just going through the motions and you go with it, you understand you might have a plan to it, but you're not sure of the end outcome or mm. who's going to see that at the, end, at the end result. So I think that's the beauty of like being able to be a bit of a creator and a creator in your own mind, being... Um, being able to see an idea and say to yourself, okay, if I do a video and it's and I concentrate on this, 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 which people find problems with, it's going to help them in this, this, this way. So therefore, there's your value in it. And I think that when you can understand when you can do some content or, or pass on some content, some knowledgeable insight into something and word it in a way and structure it in a way where you know there's going to be the value in it, then you know everyone who watches it whether you're into it or not yeah. you're gonna see that value okay so you obviously you're talking about what all of the content that you're currently creating on the on the socials which i can see like man's flying 6475 followers come no, on no. come i know you don't check I, I can imagine you don't check the numbers but i'm saying it's it, yeah. it's still it's good man you're you're building I remember following you from when you only had two, three thousand, man. So you're, it, it's, it, it's building. It's momentum, momentum. Someone was telling me to, I was speaking to someone who's actually been on this podcast um, or I was listening to something he was saying and he was like, you know, it's all about the moment, the moment mm. we're in now. So like right now we're in a moment, but it's yeah. that moment that creates the momentum. And I was like, when he dropped that, I was like, raw, that's powerful. So a lot of people are always thinking about, Oh, what I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm going to, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. But actually, it's about the moments, the decisions that you make now that that determine the momentum that you're going to build similar to, you know, your page out here. Yeah. So, so look, like, obviously, we've got so much to talk about. But I think with you, I don't, I don't even want you to start spilling any beans <laughs> on, on, on Mr. London Plumber or whatever, like, you yeah. know, I, in your introduction, very successful plumber, entrepreneur on his way, on his way up, le leading the path for the young, for the young ones behind. So I think for me, it'd be very interesting to, to start you know the journey like what where where did it all start for you because i think your your story is going to be very interesting and i think it will land us where we are now and then we can go right into depth about so, so just quickly for some context you're a fully qualified gas engineer plumber so i'm not a gas engineer but i'm a fully qualified plumber okay and um a, a teacher as well so what where it first started for me within my plumbing industry it started with my uncle okay. my uncle is actually a plumber as well um i always shout my uncle out i tell i show him these videos when i talk about him and i say that my uncle is my biggest inspiration when it comes to work and building a business because i i, I see him do it yeah um, i've got other uncles who are also in the building industry but they're like surveyors but they're, they're very high up like my one of my uncles used to work for berkeley homes and he was like proper high high so um 
that's always been around, but it's never been like when we sit down for food and with family time that we talk about them types of things because it's more or less, are you doing work? Are you, are you behaving yourself? <laughs> Make sure you know, because your mum told me. And it's them types of conversations. But as I've got older, I think I took the interest from my um, uncle Llewellyn, I always have to big him up, who is a second generation plumbers from Jamaica. Okay. So, his dad was a um, plumber, so he came over here, he knew his trade and started up working for a company. And he was he was actually a teacher. Like when I first started plumbing, he used to still teach night school in uh, Stratford. Okay. So I used to see that sometimes. That my uncle, would go, he would go out to do a class. I think he took me like once or twice when I was younger, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's just a room and there's like loads of guys, and I'm thinking, oh, where's my uncle? Where's my and I'm oh, we we're in the car, we're in the car. And I didn't get it then, but I had an experience with him where my passport was out of date and I was going to Barbados because that's where my family are from. And um, we got in the queue. My mum, dad, my cousins, uh, six of my cousins are there, all family holiday. We got to the, the woman's checking the passports. She checked mine and she went. Oh, like yesterday over there. I just looked at my mum. My mum looked at me and was like, yeah, do you know, just, just we'll sort it out, we'll sort it out. And my passport was out of date. I couldn't believe it. So all my cousins had to go to Barbados without me. And I had to stay with my uncle. My uncle was the plumber who drove us there. So he said, well, you know, everyone's on holiday. You can't stay in the yard. You have to, you have to come out. You have to come to work and all that, <laughs> you know. It is what it is, isn't it? So I said, all Bruh, right. That's a blessing in disguise. It is, it is definitely, because at the time I was at that point where I was just about to leave school and I, prior to that, I had done very well in judo. So um, I wasn't so much thinking about a career, but touching my hands and working with my uncle and putting my first bathroom together, it made me think, I can do this, you know, it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I could what? Can I can I come with you, Uncle? Can I can I go with you? And he was he was like, Yeah, yeah, like you can come with me. And I said, like, I like this. This is all right. And working with my uncle, especially, he installed a lot of confidence in me. You know, like my uncle's very um my uncle's a person who got me into judo. And okay. um, he's been a person that's been able to push my career to get me to be like number 10 in the world for judo. So um I always have got so much confidence in him in guiding me in the right way as a young man as in telling me not to do certain things in life because that's his place as well he's like he's like my second dad to be honest with you like it, it it's two people that I wouldn't want to upset it's my dad and my uncle so <laughs> between them I always yeah. want to try and make them proud you know because yeah, yeah, yeah. they've shown me um they've shown me strong black figures from my household my mum and dad are still married today They've been married over like 35 years. So I know what it is for my dad to play that role as my dad. And I know what it is for the role of my uncle to play the uncle role, which is my cousins, all of us all eat the same. You we all went to judo. There were six of us that went to judo together. So um, we all got national medals. And I think, if I'm sure, but I'm sure there's no other families that have ever got all national medals like, in the same year, which okay. was great you know, which was amazing. Uh, but it, coming away from that, it, it installed a lot of, a lot of, a lot of confidence in myself. So I was able to do the plumbing job with my uncle. And I said to myself, 
my uncle said to me, look, I give you a little bit of money for it. Now you're going on holiday. You got a bit, of, uh, got a bit of scratch and all that. So I'm like, all right, cool. Wanna, he said, have a think about it. See if you like it. And if you if you like it, I'll set you up because you know, like he he's a uh, he's a contracts manager somewhere. He works for a company. So I said, all right, cool, we'll do that. I went on holiday. I said to myself, what am I going to do? And I said, yeah, I'm going to do that because it was. It's not like my only other option, what I was going to do it then when I was leaving, looking to leave school, I, I liked locksmiths, basically. So it's okay. either that or a locksmith. And I thought, the locksmith thing, I don't know, something put me off of it. I can't actually remember what it is exactly, but as well as the plumbing being so easy and attainable for me to get to, mm. it was just an easier option. Nice. So take take me back to to right to the beginning of the journey. So where 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 were you born? What where did it all start? Like you you, you just said talked about having a very strong family unit, very strong influences in in both your parents and also your uncle. So just take me right back to the beginning, so we can go like go okay. through school, college, cool. then obviously we we'll arrive back at where you are with your uncle, and then we can arrive nicely where you are now. So I was born in um, East London. I was okay. born in uh, Wolfham Forest, so um, that's where I was born. And I Wolfham grew up. Forest is, a, is all right. It's all right. Era. Nice, nice and green around there, no? <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's had its years of changing, you know, like yeah, everything. Yeah. And um, I grew up mainly like in Tottenham. So um, my nan okay. is from Tottenham, and then my other nan is from Camden. Well, she's from King's Cross, but my nan lived in Camden. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and my dad is from like Queen's Crescent, and my mum's from Tottenham. Okay. So the North London link up is just. It's just there. It's, it's it's an explosion. Like if I go to Tottenham High Road, I guarantee I'm going to see my uncle or see someone that I know. Shout oh, is it? You know, what's it? West Green Road is 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 is. I love it because for me growing up, when I was in Tottenham, I went to primary school with my nan, all my cousins, my six cousins went to school down there. So it was all going to school together. It, I went to the green school um, on the corner near, uh, near Tottenham Hill. And growing up, school was just normal. I was with my cousins. My cousins were in, were in my same well, school. Yeah, yeah, what is that like? Because obviously it sounds like you had a very prominent family unit. So, you know, most 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 other people you speak to, yeah. including myself, like, I, you know, probably come from a very small fa family unit. Um, yeah. And so when they go to school, they haven't got that, you know, that network, instant network. So it's all about building that network, which sometimes can take time and people are misunderstood, et cetera, et cetera. So you know what school's like. It sounds like for you, you know, yeah. I mean, you've got your cousins around you, you've got your family yeah. on road when you're, when yeah. you're out and about. So it must have instilled a lot of confidence in, in, in yourself. Like, did you have any situations in school or was it like, because you're, you're basically telling me a different, complete different experience. So I just want to kind of unpack that a little bit. You know what? I would say that my experience by having my cousins in, in my school directly didn't really, like, my cousins had their own friends. Like, my cousin is, one of my cousins is a year older than me, the only other boy cousin. Yeah. And he had his own friends. And his friends are different to my friends. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. everybody knows that that's my older cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, like, I'm, I was a big child, so I was quite big. So people would be like, that's, um, my cousin's name is Julian. So they'd be like, oh, Julian, but that's your big cousin. But he's your 
little cousin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, of yeah, my yeah. size, because I, I was quite a big child. And um, we always, me and my cousin Julian, we always, we was like, we're like this, like all the time. He's actually the person who done a lot for me. And we was, we've always grown up like this because by it's- doing judo together, going to Nans, being like the two boys and the rest of my cousins are girls plus my sister and my mm. sister the oldest so my sister with her being in my school um what's the what's the age difference my sister's five years older than me oh okay okay so my sister was quite a bit older than me but yeah. my sister's not really that person to be played with if you get what i mean she's yeah yeah a I really nice person but i know how protective my sister is of me like i remember listening to um <laughs> my dad used to have these cassette tapes when we was growing up and um my sister used to record stuff with like me and her like singing and all that and then there's one thing there's one recording my my sister taped over my dad's David Rodigan tape and put like we made some little you know Michael Jackson song or something and you can hear my sister saying to me Jason sing now sing now but it's recording isn't it and then, yeah. they, and then my sister would be like, no, I'm not bossing Jason about it. I'm not doing it. I'm not. He wants to do it. He wants to do it. And I was like, <laughs> you can hear her. You can hear what she's saying to me. But that was a young child. But she was definitely um, very protective of me as like a younger brother. Just okay. going places. My sister would always make me hold her hand. When we're going places, like I, me and my young cousins, when we're going to school, everyone's holding hands. And it's like my nan's coming to pick us up at the edge of the corner of the road. So she's standing there. So she's making sure you look walk down. Then, you know, if you're lucky, you might get a little sweet shop. Or yeah, something. yeah. Not all the time, though, because my nan, my nan, my nan, she's from um, Grenada. She doesn't really, um, she doesn't really play all that, like treats all the time and all that okay, stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Just sometimes. So, so after primary school, went to secondary school. So primary school for you was calm, like nice. Yeah, man. I, just I, like I, I relaxed. I had loads of friends then in school. So it was just like run outs, just boyish games. I wasn't yeah, really, yeah, I wasn't yeah. really, I wasn't really, I wasn't even a troublemaker, you know. I wasn't really uh, into that stuff. Just like I was into like um, you know, like the little toy things that we used to play with, but I was never into like even at that young age, I wasn't into like the PC games or nothing. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, yeah. Out, out and about. Yeah, this, I'm more this like, new generation, they're not ready for it. You know what it is? It's too physical for the new generation. Yeah. It's, it's way too physical. But I, I think, yeah, so as I was about, I would about be about eight when I started judo because me and my cousin was always just rumbling and tumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One time we uh, mashed up my nan's door, the little glass panel at the bottom because my leg flew over. Got some beats that night. And then from there... <laughs> <laughs> my un- my uncle was like, listen, you lot are going judo because you lot are just ramping too much. And my uncle used to do judo from before. So there's like, yeah. no, you lot are going now. You lot are going. And I, I, I think like we was excited to go because we thought, what, we can do this to other people? Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. And once my, once I knew my older cousin was on it, judo, and I, I said, I'm I'm down. If he's going, I'm going. Like, and it is the Julian, the, your, the son of your uncle, your, your yes. uncle who you talk about. Yeah. Okay, okay. So... Tight connection. So, to, so going to secondary school. What what secondary school did you go to? What what happened there? So I went to Salisbury in uh, Edmonton, and um, that was that was a mixture of cultures. 
I mean, now I'm really amongst a lot of Turkish people, Turkish Cypriots, uh, Greek people mm. uh, in my school, and not so predominantly white people, but I always had a lot of white friends anyway from like doing judo and just just doing different things like sports yeah, yeah. and stuff so i always had them friends like i had one of my one of my best friends that like, he was my friend from primary school he went to my secondary so we always just rolled like this and that's that for me was like um a big confidence builder at that point when i got to that school because i realized at that point there's loads of people that are like top of the form and they're like the top guys there. But I was like the top guy in school, but how am I going to be the top, top guy? Yeah. Like yeah now yeah. the competition's on. But um, I would say that it was, it was, it was nice being at that school because they accommodated me. They, um, like, so when I went to school, I was a uh, dyslexic. So I had to go to, you know, extra reading and writing and all of that stuff, which was for me at the time, because I've done sports, um, I wanted to excel a lot in my sports. So it hid some of my dyslexia and some of my problems in school because I wasn't a guy to get picked on in school because by then I'd already, I was already a judo champion by then. So I was, people getting dashed on the floor <laughs> left, right and centre. Yeah, it, it used to get crazy at school. When we used to have Royal Rumbles and like, people ain't flexing. People that went to my school, they know. They come on in and say that. <laughs> I mean. That's it. But, um, it was it was very um it was a it was a learning curve for me that part of school because I saw so many different elements towards life when I look back on it now I saw mixed diversity with my different friends from different backgrounds at that point I was realizing why well, in school there's people from like India there's people like from Somalia there's people like my friend Liban I got so many different friends from different nationalities. I'm saying, wow, when I get out of school, I've got to travel the world, you know, a lot more. And I had been to a lot of places in Europe at this time. But I said, wow, do you, do you lot know, like, all these connections? I met people from the Ivory Coast. I went to the Ivory Coast with Judah one time. And, like, I saw the stiff back original people. And it was like, for me, it was just, like, mind-blowing because I would be, when I was at, um, school at this point I was doing judo at a high rate so um, there was 52 competitions in one year so I would do all of them so most of them were away so every weekend my passport I was away boom boom boom, who, boom, who, boom, are, you, boom. are you going with your parents at all or just going no, with no, the judo no. club I was going with the British squad so I was in the British squad at this time okay. I was in the British squad when I was about 12 so, so where's the Olympic gold bro where, where, come on the Olympic gold. Do you know what it is? I'll get into that after when I become oh, okay, a teenager. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. To it. But um, traveling at that point was like a go because I was going to Amsterdam every other weekend. We was um, going to Sweden, Finland, um, wow. Belgium. And are you allowed think, out and about in your own time? Was it strict? Like, nah, just arrive hotel. No like conference, boom, or are you actually getting to explore and see the culture and the vibes? So when we went, when we would go to Paris and stuff like that, or any city, we went to Hungary, Budapest, we would have a, we'd have a competition over three days and then we would have a training camp 
with everyone from the competition for five days. And then we'll have like the three days rest where we'll stay there and just chill and just go and see the city. They will take us to, you know, um, scenic parts and you can go and take pictures, chill. And to be honest, the British squad was quite good to us at that time because they're giving you pocket money and they pay for the trip as well. And my school used to um, sponsor me as well because when I was at my school, I won something for judo, which is called a judo schoolboys championship. I won it three times. So I've got they were, this plaque. They were supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got this plaque and they got a, um, they got a lottery grant from Camelot, which was quite big. And every time I was done training or needing to do something, my school, Salisbury School, was one of the most supportive people that I can think of, of me growing up, by wanting to push me in that direction to do well within judo and within sport. Because they could, they could to be honest, they could see it. I was in the paper quite a lot. Um, and being in the paper and then being on the news, but still going to school, people are like, people used to be like, that's Judo J. Like, that's what they used to call me at school. He's been <laughs> like, oh yeah, do you know, do you know Judo J? No, it's serious, you know? Like, and it was, it was that whole stigma of me being serious and being the Judo J took a lot of distress away from me being the dyslexic child at school or the yeah. child who had to go to the extra extra curriculum. It didn't bother me because I was quite, like I said, I was very popular in school. And some of my, some of my friends are very popular people. So, you know, jokes and games and all that. It wasn't really running by me and all. I wasn't, I'm not that really, I was quite a different person in school. I was quite, I was very, um, I was friends with a lot of people. That's what I was. I would be friends with people who were geeky, nerdy, and people who were like girls who people used to really fancy, but no one's talking to them. You know, like these people are just normal people. I just have a chat and like, oh yeah, it's all right to speak to him. It's all right to speak to that person. And at that point I grew, I knew how to, grow relationships with different people no matter their race or nothing we've got something in common here which is we both like blah 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 oh what do you think about that oh I don't know and then we just start talking and then before you know it I would always say I'm a person that if I know you I'm always gonna say hello to you even if you're with your friends I'll stop yeah, you yeah. what's happening you right yeah how's it going and your friends would be like oh why is Jason talking to you what do you know him and he's like yeah yeah how did you know him like, and I'll, you know, like, and the, and the funny thing would be about is, is because me and that person get on the bus together. So I sit next to him. That's why. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah. He's got the same tiles as me. So I said, oh, what's happening? How's it going? He's like, yeah, I see you in school, man. Oh, okay, my name's Jason. And I just be myself, man, because I think I realised that even off of my nerdy, geeky friends that I had something to learn from them. Like... This is just this is some really good advice to like. I knew this podcast gonna come through the ages, but it's mm. some good advice for some from young people about to go secondary school or whatever, because it can be quite nerve wracking for 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 young kids or whoever about to go into a new setting, worried about all of this madness. Especially nowadays, imagine with social media. We didn't have social media. Wow, imagine going to school and you're like <laughs> people like trying to see what this person's like and. 
So I think that's some some solid advice that you're kind of giving there with regards to just like realizing that everyone is just a normal person and it's just about finding that that commonality, that common ground with them, whether it be about football or nerdy stuff. Well, I shouldn't really say nerdy stuff, but about you know computer stuff or yeah, yeah. sports. Or and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, so that so, sounds like how you're making all these connections you're just kind of like quite an open source to, to, you, to, to you, learn you've got to be as a person um when i used to go to the dyslexia unit one of my really good friends yeah uh, mario he took me underneath his wing cool guy he's an older guy to me and he used to do taekwondo so we used to go to wing. Sorry, I used to do Wing Chun. I'm gonna get that wrong. I know it's gonna get upset. But so he used to do Wing Chun, and I used to be like, "No, he's quick and he's strong. That's the, this, that's a problem. And he's big as well. That's what I wanted to be big. So I'm, I used to hang around with him, and years later, it transmits into um, we used to go training together. So we built up a, a nice bond. This guy is a, um, a well-known, big-time jeweler in Hatton Gardens. This is my friend. And I'm like, like, I always knew that he was on stuff in life because what he used to show me, and when he used to speak to me, he used to speak to me and drop what I know now as gems. And what people think sometimes are words of wisdom, which have changed because when I'm growing up, there's times when I'm around Tottenham and I'm around Edmonton growing up and I'm meeting people and I know a lot of, people who are community people but they're respected people in their community so I would be around like say like some of my Rasta friends and they'll be like do you know what their dad would be dropping some knowledge on me and saying some of the key words and I'm just saying to myself hmm he came in and he spoke for two minutes but don't let that two minutes go over your head just Play it back to yourself, even if you don't understand some things that sometimes, like someone might drop a little small quote and you might say to yourself, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? You know? Yeah, but they're dropping science. Yes, yes. But I think there's, um, I think we've both grown up in a time when we do get that knowledgeable um, point from our family members and some of the people that care about us the closest. But I've always had it from, even from some of my friends, like Mario, he always told me, you know, if I was doing something wrong in school, he would say to me, well, you're better than that. Why are you doing that for? Like, like make me feel a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be doing that. I don't need to be doing that. Do you think that impresses people by doing that? And I'm like, no, probably not. He's like, yeah, but do you want me to say this to you again? I'm like, no, man, because you're telling me off, isn't it? <laughs> well, you're That's to quite powerful to have off. a friendship group like that. I was, I was very, very blessed as well to have that same group that, you know, when your ego is getting too big, like, just to check you. And even still now to this day. Yeah, yeah. It humbles you as a person because I think I realise now how much these people care and they've always cared. So I always try and show my appreciation by being supportive of whatever they're doing. Like my friend who's a jeweller now, I would love to show, one day I'm going to go into his jewelers and I'm going to be like, look, let's do a video, man. Like, I don't know if people are going to buy anything from you, but well, what's, do his, what's his, what's his jeweler shop? Everyone's going to be listening to this podcast pop, popping through saying, yeah, I know Jay, I know Jay from Mr. London Plumber. <laughs> um, uh, I, I can't remember the exact name. It's something that beginning with A, but 
don't quote me. So I would just rather just hold back for that. Yeah, just yeah, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you ever do see a post in the jewelers, that's me and him. Yeah. But, um, he's a lovely, he's a lovely person. Definitely someone who um, has inspired me because like I'm saying, he was a judo um, Thai boxing champion when we was growing up in school. So when I saw that from him and his mannerism, how he carried himself, cool, calm, collective guy. We lived in a place, we, we lived around, you know, turmoil, things was happening. Like, like I said, I grew up in Tottenham and Edmonton. So, and so a lot of things have happened over the years on the street, people, people get into stuff. You want to be able to hold your own. And I think yeah. holding your own is not being able to attack everybody. That's being able to be somewhere and be comfortable in your skin. That's mm. all it is. And I think where I grew up in an era of a time where I would see, I'd be with my dad. And my dad is a man who is very intelligent, but doesn't talk a lot. But when he does talk, I definitely have to listen because he says it from a place of, I thought about this for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad is, um, he, <clears throat> He, he makes a, um, he ma used to make valve amplifiers. He can make them from scratch. So my dad used to have a sound system. So my dad used to play sounds like before I was even born. And he knows a lot of people. So people be like, oh, your dad's Andre. But I look like my dad. So as I get older, people say, ah, listen, I know your dad, you know, because I, I know your face. Like your dad is Andre, isn't it? I'm like, I'm, most places when I'm in Camden, like because my dad has five brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite a big family. Okay. Um, and my family was one of the first. Um, I'm going back, but my family was one of the first, uh, like black first families that came to Camden, particularly area. Um, the area was Queens Crescent. So my nan came there in the Windrush. So. Um, it's uh, like even when I look back at some pictures of what I saw growing up now, I saw how people respected my family and respected my nan, my dad, my dad's brothers, myself. And it was, and I grew up in the time of like, even if it's, I see my dad's friend out, I'm going to hail him up because it's a sign of respect. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the younger generation don't see that because some of us, our own age, don't know how to hail each other up. And it's not like a begging thing or nothing. It's just, I see you, bro. Yeah. And that I see you is so paramount to our community as keeping a connection between us. If you don't, if you don't, um, if you don't- Acknowledge or recognize. To someone, yeah, yeah. They think that you're not there. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a sign of disrespect slightly. But yeah, yeah, I agree. We just have to work a way of how we can explain that. I can't have most problems with people when I'm out because guess what? I'm shouting you out. What's happening? You right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting? It's like I I think it comes down to that thing like if if we take it back a little bit to school and mm. sort of different upbringings, it, it's defense me mechanisms like you know our egos and everything about us are designed by default to protect us so if you're not able to be in a comfortable environment or have a very big network your automatic in your automatic sort of um what's it called default is going to be defensive so then it, it, it's difficult because you know when when we were growing up and you see yeah. like the sort of 
the the ones on the other side road man trying to do their thing and whatever yeah. you know yeah. that's more that's more really it's a defense mechanism it's because you know they need to be like that because they need to they need to do, they're defending themselves for their lives because they haven't got maybe both parents or, or those things so and equally other people coming from so i think it's it's how society unfortunately doesn't instill this confidence that was instilled into myself, you know, through my peers, my family, um, my early upbringing, like, like yourself, some people mm-hmm. are not that fortunate, but I, I think in schools, your school sounds amazing. Cause it, it, you know, it seems to have uplifted you, but a lot of the people who you, who I've heard on the podcast thus far, you know, they, they talk about school as a period that they want to fly through. Like literally, you know, there's, yeah. there's no real, they can't even see any g- little gold nuggets in there that they can mm-hmm. take away. And they almost want to like, cruise through that as quickly as possible. I think what's interesting about you and I completely resonate and what you're saying is as I'm recognizing, because we all have our own, um, you know, our own uh, creations that were influenced by the people around us. And if, mm-hmm. if you haven't got that positive, uh, influential network, whether it's a big one or a small one, including your friends, teachers, school, then obviously you're, you're, you're going to be a little bit more defensive. So that's why it's even more important for the people like me and you to acknowledge whoever and recognize whoever, regardless of if they're walking down the road, like all stush face. I, I, when I see guys, I smile. And then mm. what's, 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 what's quite interesting about that is they, they're like, oh, cool. They smile and thing. And you, the screw face completely goes, it's no longer a threat. Where when you're younger, it's like everyone's screwing your So you're having to try screw because you're like, right, I'm holding my own as well. What do you think this is? <laughs> um, but you know, so. No, I would, I would definitely say that um, growing up and being in school and having that mixture, I had certain friends, like I had a best friend called Tyson and he's from Tottenham. And um, he's my oldest friend to today. I met him in the school shop when we was getting our clothes. But we remained friends. And there was, what I realised is that I always stayed in the lane of being me. And he always stayed in the lane of being him. We don't come from bad homes or nothing. Our parents, we get food at night, you know. Our parents are not... I've got to be honest, my mum is telling me to wash the dishes. We've got a dishwasher in my house. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, I, I can't tell you that I grew up like doing all yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. And my parents both work. They have good jobs. My dad worked for BT at the time when I was growing up. My mum works selling pharmaceutical information. Yeah. Fine. You know, so um, I would say that there was so much of a struggle. And so that, that, that took the load off for me to be acting up I would say I did act up I did get excluded from school but I had a wonderful headmaster who even last year we just no this year we met up and and took him out for a meal for his birthday he's 70 years old now still teaching Mr Bunyan is his name great teacher amazing man helped me stay on the right track because he just wanted to see nothing but the better in us and years when I've sat down later and, and met with him and just told him about my life, he's so proud. He gave me and Tyson a hug and he's like, do you know what? You lot are my boys. You lot have been my boys from the first day I've met you. And you know what? These father figures which you have in life, even though if you do have a father and men who want to play that role of I'm going to take care of you, they've got something to teach you. 
whether it's something just a little bit. He's taught me how to be a humble man and respect people because my school was predominantly black. He's a white man coming into it. And he's told me things, which I'm not going to say on, on the thing, but, you know, he had to have our back in a lot of circumstances. And hearing it now to the day we are in now, even when I spoke to my friend about it, I said, this is what I mean, man. My man's got such a good heart. You can't, we can't buy people like that. You can't get friends like that ever again in life. Mm. And I can only say that, you know, like, I've just been blessed to have that, that line, that timeline rolling like that. Because I know sometimes people can have glitz. I've had friends that from school, you know, they've, they've got into a madness and went to jail. These mm. lot have been in jail for like eight, 10 years. They've done serious things to people. So I understand how quick your life can be normal and then change. I remember when I was just about to leave school, remember a guy, one of my friends, he got stabbed outside Edmonton Green um, police station and died. Never saw him again. And that's when I knew, whoa, you see this life and you see this joking about on the roads and jumping on the bus and letting off fireworks and carrying on bad and all these types of things, going to a little shabeen, little party at someone's house. It's all right, but it's got to be controlled because this can get out of hand totally. Yeah. And I, I really realised that when like I started to leave school, I started to DJ. Um, that is something which I did as a hobby because I said my dad is into sounds. So I picked up the DJ and while I was still doing um, the school for a bit, I was actually on radio. I used to go on um, 966 for anyone who knows about that. That's Heat FM back in the day, you know, <laughs> pirate radio station system. Yeah, man. So that was, a, that was a whole different experience as well because now I was going to school and I was having this alter e I was having this other person who was my tag name, be on the radio, playing music and playing the vibes that people want to hear and doing parties. And then at a point, I even uh, I, I used to warm up for EZ at um, Eros Nightclub, if anybody knows where that is on Great Cambridge Road. Yeah, I used to do that. So I had my time doing that. And I think that that for me gave me a lot of confidence because like I can say, during that time from being 15 to about 19, I would say the confidence had to come in because these times now you're looking at girls. Girls is looking mm -hmm. at you. Saying, what's he got? You got a little, you might have a little chaps or a little something. You have something. <laughs> a little gold tooth or something. You got to have something. Or, or you got to have that charisma or be that nice guy, you know? And I think by wanting to shy away from some of my learning where I should have brushed up on that a lot more, those things I had to really excel in to kind of make myself feel accepted mm. from what I know now. But, I, I, but from what, at the time, I just thought I was just trying to cover it up because I wanted a lot of people to be proud of me. I've got a big family. Um, I was an achiever from young, from getting into the England squad of being like 12 years old. Yes. That was, having that badge on your suit was, was something. So talk, quickly, obviously now we're coming out of, of uh, college. Co mm -hmm. So for you, college sounds like it was, a, it was a good place to be, positive foundations, getting a lot, a lot of support. And, and also like it probably feeds into why you became a, a teacher because you, you really received and saw the positive side and the positive influence 
of where that can take you from from your own personal experience so mm. like while the judo things going on like is this is this side by side in your progression as you're going through through college and and so through college i i um i was still doing judo i was still doing judo to a to a, quite a high degree but i wasn't trying to let it like overtake what i was doing because i understood that the work had to like have a had to have a priority because i had a balance at a point so by the time i was like i have to go back a little bit by the time i was 15 16 Mm. yeah so no 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 sorry 16 17 i went to the europeans so there was two tournaments where you can go to one of them's the um junior olympics and the other one is the europeans so i went to the europeans and um and okay. what, uh, what, why did you why did you choose was it your choice or it wasn't my choice no it wasn't oh, okay my choice. Like, it was you had to be selective and judo is Judo is a funny game. We've got to be, you know, got to be a person that's like just willing to do whatever they ask you to do. And I'm not that person all the time. I, I can't okay. lie, my own person. So, um, so there's no, there was, there's no, there was not a lot of finessing that you could do inside the judo. So you're kind of almost like to be the best, you got to follow protocol from yeah, their perspective. So- with judo, I would be going to like a tournaments, which is ranking tournaments and stuff like that, and I would be winning golds and silvers and other people ain't winning anything but at the time I was on the world performance program scheme which is something which like Paula Radcliffe was on and people like that so it's they start it's a b c d e and it's just different sets of money so you start at the bottom and if you're 17 you can get on it I just about got on it for my age and they said look we're just going to test you and try you see if you see you get along and yeah. obviously the criteria was to get these ranking events I got them and then they still didn't want to give me something. So I just said, I'm just going to do what I want now, isn't it? Because you're not doing it for me, isn't it? Because I'm a person where like, I like structure. Structure is not bad for me. It doesn't, it doesn't deter me. It just lets me know what you, do you, you, you know who you're messing with? Like, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. blast this whole, I'm going to, I would go to training and I'd be blasting people all the time. People wouldn't want to fight me, even in training, because you're going to get hurt. Yeah, and, and at the time I went to, um, I moved from a judo club in Redbridge to Wilsdon, and Wilsdon was known as a fighting club, and we fought everywhere, and that's where I grew the confidence. Just if anybody wants a battle, if anybody wants to go, we do ten randories. So, so let's say one fight is one randori, and it's like two minutes. You're doing ten of those in one night. And I'm doing them back and back to back. Next person, come, come. I'm calling people off the side. Come, come over here. Let's go. Let's go. And people are like, they don't want to do it. But do you know what it is? I'm there to fight. And it was a club like that. So it gave me a lot of hunger. And I realised, you know, like this battle and having a battle with people, it has to be strategical. I always used to think about what I'm going to do before I do it. I could tell someone, yeah, walk towards me. I know what I'm going to sweep you with or I know what I'm going to throw you with already. doesn't matter what you're going to do because I know. And I think by having that mindset within like, I need to make my plan before I actually get in, that kind of stuck with, stuck with me after like in them, in them ages then. That's why I said to myself, let me do this plumbing thing, get it up and go to college and just call off of the judo for a little bit because... To be honest, at that time, I went through a, a period of doing judo for like 10 years 
I'd never been beaten in England. And I was saying to myself, there's nothing else to prove. Who's there to prove to? Like, what? Like, there's nothing to... My parents wasn't the type of parents to be shouting on the side. They're not like that. My mum would be shouting, but my dad, it's not really on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not really on putting too much pressure on me. He's like, are oh, you right? Do you, do you want to... You don't have to, you know. But I'm like, no, no, no. But my uncle would always be like, listen, you're better than... Listen. <laughs> and I rate that for my uncle because I needed that. Because my uncle knew what I'm capable of. So it's like, listen, don't let this boy do this to you, you know? You can see him doing that. Stop him doing this. And, that, and it would be like, okay, now, now I can listen to you because I can hear you. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that voice in my head always stuck with me. With, with, with everything what I'm doing, you know, like to, to, for me to get to the next stage, I always think to yourself, you need to put pressure on yourself, but not too much pressure where you're going to underachieve or be upset with what happens. Because what is in your control is the only thing that's in your control. Everything else is not in your control. And I've heard that saying from so many men when it comes to most things in their life. Do you know what? What about your woman? Bubs, what's in my control is in my control. You know, <laughs> we're out on a date, but I'm not on a date. I'm the bouncer because I'm making sure the next man ain't looking at her. <laughs> you know, it, it just gets like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I've, I've learned that and I think that by not pushing too much pressure on myself at these, at these points and being able to say to myself, do you know what, I'm going to go with the college thing. I know I've got this problem with the dyslexia and all that, but they're going to help me because we've openly sat down about it and we're going to work through it. And plus, obviously, my uncle was a lecturer at the time, so therefore most of my portfolio, my uncle was being able to give it to me. I was doing my portfolio before I started college. Yeah. Like, he had me in the kitchen. Turn the TV off. No, no. Turn it off. Turn it off. You can't do the work with the TV on. I can, I can. Turn it off. I, I don't want to bait my uncle up, but that's the things you should say to me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The TV would be off. I'd be doing a portfolio work. And I think it was the summer before I started. So the six weeks holiday before I started. And I'd just be doing that all the time. And by the time it was time for me to do my portfolio, I was blitzing it. I was, I was blitzing it so hard. I said... Wow, man, Uncle, man, you taught me this years ago. Just, why did you not teach me this now? He's like, oh, this is your class. This is what you got to learn. Like, don't go and let you know everything because it's not, don't go in there like that because there's someone that knows more than you. And there was, there's this big boy called Jack in my class. His hand was up. Jack knew every answer. Every answer. And he's holding his hand up. Look, no, you don't, do you, he's looking mad at you. Do you know what he's talking about? Hold on, Jack, I'm talking. You know, like, you'd get that moment from him, but it's like, it would make me feel a little bit anxious about answering stuff when I'm in the class, but we had that kind of like that boyish vibe where not, no disrespect to any of the female plumbers or people coming to the industry, but it was a lot of boys in the class. So it was boyish vibes, boyish jokes and all that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that type of vibe. So we all got along to, for a banter level and just had a good time. And um, my, the guy who done my assessment, Mark, who's from Tottenham College, really good guy, Scottish guy, is very well known because he's one of the top assessors to assess your MVQ level two or level three on site. He goes around to thousands of people. He, he was my teacher. And, um, you know, like living in London, when you've got a Scottish teacher, every word is like, what? What? <laughs> Bro, what did you say? What? The, the, the lead. Big man, you've got to speak properly. And we're in Tottenham and he's like doing this. So I, it was just enjoyable. Like every class, 
I understood what he'd done now because every class he taught with a lesson but a story and a story you're going to remember. If I tell you about a funny story about how I cut my hand on copper, you will remember that for yourself. So you won't put your hand over a copper top like that and just do that because you will leave a deep cut in your hand, you know? And if someone tells you something funny about that deep cut in their hand, they're like, oh, look at this, mate. This happened with da-da-da-da. And you'll be like, no way. Look at his hand. He's always like that. <laughs> He's deformed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's, 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 just some, it's just a way for people to remember a story. It's like how people should be telling toolbox talks in a form of a story, so therefore it's easier for you to remember. But we don't always do that, but good teachers do do that in practice. And that's something he'd done and it stuck with me and um, I always give him his blessings and I'm definitely gonna go to Tottenham one day and see them guys. Yeah, I like that man, telling stories. I need to pick, that's, that's some solid advice. Thank you for that. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm taking that one for my Arsenal, yeah? <laughs> no, definitely. <laughs> So, so what? So then, talk me through what happens next. So now you're 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 starting. Have you started your apprenticeship? Where where? I've started. I've started my apprenticeship. So was I it an went, apprenticeship? Is it? So your uncle's taking you on as an apprentice. So no. So my uncle worked for a company. He was a contracts manager. So Claremore Mechanical is the company. They're great guys. I actually saw them this morning. Actually on A four O six. Mark Merritt. Um, lovely people. Um. I was working with two guys, Jack and Dave, yeah? Jack and Dave are legends in the game. They were Corgley engineers when it, when it was gas them times. And they used to pick me up from a bus stop in uh, Walthamstow. I used to wait by the bus stop with my little bag and all that, waiting for these little, like seven o'clock in the morning at a bus stop. What, and um, I remember getting in the van with Jack for the first time. And he's like, oh, get me the paper and all that. And I had to say to him, big man, this isn't one of these things that I'm going to do a skivvy, yeah? You go in there and get your paper. No, I'm only asking you because I'm on the double year line. All right, all right, it's the one time. So I've got in the van, I've got back in, and, he, and I started reading the paper. He goes, oi, it's not yours. I said, but you're driving. What are you going to do? Look at it when you're driving. But he had such a banter to him, which made me, he was like 65. And he had such a like spring to life and he would tell me the reason why we're going to get a paper every day so we can get, so we can do Sudoku. So when we do Sudoku, you can learn if someone's going to bump you for your money very quickly, Jason, because you and I had to add up. And I said, yeah, Jack, that makes sense. I like that. Let's do it together. Yeah, right. So that, that going along and- So it's, it's, the, the, more- story, it's the story again. Him telling mm. you a story of why you should do Sudoku. If he yeah. was just like, oh, you should do Sudoku, it's really good for you. You'd be like, nah. You, you know, like, when I look back now, I say to myself, Jack and Dave were big influences on myself when it comes to plumbing because even though they used to work, my uncle used to be their manager, they're not treating me like, oh, it's the, you know, you've got to look after him and all that. These lot are treating me like normal. So it's just a good time. I'm going to pine liquor shops my first time because uh, we're in East London. I'm uh, experiencing that full East London calf. I'm sitting with a man who's got like, what was that? What's it? What's it? What is it? It's, it's, what's that thing with the blood and all that? Oh yeah. Um, oh, fuck it all. oh my days. We're going to get slewed by the Scottish. The in blank, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say it's haggis, but it's, um, yeah. yeah it's, oh my days. Black pudding. Black pudding, yeah. So he's having the black pudding 
and things like fried toast. When I had fried toast for the first time, blew my mind. I said, nah, you don't can't be eating this and going to work. You can do nothing. So just being in certain cafes, plaster calf, brought back memories. You're there with the lads. Everyone's got the same T-shirt on. You've got dirty trousers on. You've got the boots on. You've got the ladies serving you. It's all nostalgic. You're yeah, taking yeah, yeah. it in. It's like, I'm really here now. I'm one of the boys. Let me get myself a little pen in my ear, man, or something, man. Do you know what I mean? So just to put there, to make sure people know that we're, you know what, we're, we're, we're doing stuff. And yeah, it was yeah. all an experience because, like I said, they're based in, um, Claremont Mechanical are based in Green Street. So very, we're in the hub of like a, a very big Indian area. So we'd go to all the shops all the deli shops and the meat shops and stuff like that and do work and all that. And we'll do work at the universities as well. And they'll have a few private jobs, domestic jobs that we'll do. You, you'll find yourself doing a little favour for the boss sometime and doing something at his ass one day. But the family-run business, coming in in the morning and going into the yard and seeing all the vans, everyone's parked up and everyone's just chatting about work. It's all, it's hype. I liked it. You saw that we had a little mascot dog this dog was, it's always jumping on the chairs, always. But it was just, the building had its own smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's either plumbing stuff or like dog. Like one or the other. Like, <laughs> but it was, an, it, was, it was a total experience. I, I, I loved it because um, they taught me a lot of my basics and my basics are the things that will pay you for the rest of your life is what I know now. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't even think they know they was teaching me so much at the time, but I was. I, I, they'd done things like let me work. So I'd work with Jack and Dave La Mixtra. And then I'd work with, I think his name is Mick. Mick is another electrician as well. So we was all based on one side. So Mick would be teaching me about electrical things. And I'd be like, I always saw him with the testers. And as a plumber, I'm like, Big man, wait, um, okay, when can I get one of them little tester things, man? Oh, what do you need it for? And that's, and then he said, oh, you should get one of the pens and all that just to test for, for the thing. I said, yeah, 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 I could do with that. So, like, we would go to wholesalers and stuff. We would go to uh, plum supply and stuff like that, different suppliers all over. And we would spend quite a bit of money there. And when I had the chance, I'd build up my confidence and speak to them, you know, give them the list of what we need. So, oh, we need elbows, we need this, we need that. And, you know, if you've got some time, go and get them adjustables if you don't mind. But don't put it in a bill, yeah? How about that? And that's how I first started growing my own tool bag, you know, by asking when I'm in tool shops. Like, we're doing big, big, big spends on their accounts. Yeah, mate, you don't mind throwing in them adjustables, do you? They are? Don't put them on a bill, yeah? Because boss will get upset. But, and then before you know it, I've got a few tools, I've got a few hand tools. And... When I first got some of my adjustables, that the uh, Barco adjustables were the first ones I got. I was trying to do everything with it. It was ready. I was ready to go. Anytime Dave or Jack said, get the tool. Listen, I've got mine. Come, let's go, man. No, 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 get mine at the boot. Uh, cool. And then they just, I started by bringing the tools out for them and helping them and watching them and understanding what's going on, looking over the shoulder. There was times, obviously, when I couldn't be bothered and I wasn't interested and I would be, on the phone, texts are going off, you know, girls these times. So, but I really realised that this is what I wanted to do. I just realised that there were some parts of the job what 
I just wasn't interested in. So it, it was what it was. But when there was stuff what I was interested in, I was up for it. I was always, I'd, I'd never minded getting dirty at work, but I'm up for that. Like I'm up for taking two tops to work. So if we get splashed on, we get splashed on. Cool. It's good. And let's just crack on. And those, that, that type of um, ideology towards work, thinking towards work when it comes to cracking on and getting on and having a task and being able to complete it because at the end of the day the client or someone else is waiting and you're going to affect this person having that little added on stress well I say it's a little bit of stress but it kind of boosted the work because we would do things like change sections on boilers so we'd have big industrial boilers and we'd change the end section which might be leaking so they're like cast a bits of cast iron what you like 150 or 180 kilos and we'll be lifting them putting them up lifting them upstairs we were strong then like an ox but it was it was a I could never say that I was bored at work yeah I could never come home from work and be like and I was dead I could come home and be like do you know what we went into this woman's loft there was pigeons and then we went there and then we went this place and then we went that place and so it was exciting but it but being you, in the van do you still feel like there's that that level of excitement for 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 I guess young people coming into the trade now? Do you still feel like there's that vibe about it, or is it dependent on the company or who you're working with? When I talked to some young students, yeah, I had a young student from a college, and he wanted to start up his own thing and start doing more jobbing. He was working with his dad, but he wasn't really motivated by working with his dad just because of maybe it's your dad I don't know what that's like like working with my dad my dad's quite strict regardless of him being a lovely man I love my dad to bits he's a strict person my dad is a man where like you can't even eat in the back of his car that's what type of vibe my dad's on don't don't be (laughs) opening a packet of crisps my dad drives always BMWs like he's got three three fives he's got a big BMWs yeah he's he's getting upset so um Having that, having that role where it's not so, you know, strict around you to be able to do that, you're able to, I think maybe him, by people working with their son and dad businesses set up, it's quite, you're seeing it from a different eye, but being with someone who is not your parent and is your, like, well, let's call them your guardian for the time, eight hours or whatever, supposed to look after you, there's going to be a whole different outlook because they can speak to you about stuff and you can speak to them about stuff. I spoke to Dave and Jack about girls, love, what it's like, how can I be a better man, what's really a man, all these types of things, which some of the things I didn't really have conversation with my parents about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the time, obviously, I've seen girls anyway, but they're saying to me, oh, Joe, like, <clears throat> you should save your money and buy her this. I'm like, Dave, she's not, she's not my wife. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, he's trying to make me see, like, the, the, the man side of it, to be like, nah, man, treat her, man. Like, you know, like, Dave, listen, it's not that type of party, big man. It's not that type of party. That's the old school vibes. Yes, but but I definitely say they installed that um, old school tradition morals within a sense of values and actually looking after because I only saw them look after their families, you know, and work hard to be able to get the things what they wanted. They've had a swimming pool and all that. I worked with another guy, Mick the shit. He was a um, drainage guy. He was the first guy that I ever knew who had a Ferrari. And this was when I was young. Is it? I used to work with him for a couple of months, like about six months, seven months. But I always said to my uncle, 
I want to be with Mick, man. I don't care about the rest. I don't care about smelling shit and all that. Mick's got a Ferrari at his ass. Yeah? Don't be calling Mick Mick the shit after work because he'll run you over in a Ferrari. You know? But he was a lovely guy, but he was a, another person as well, passionate about his work, always got on with it. Like, I've seen him in sewage pits up to here. He's talking about to me. He's standing in the pit and he's calling me and he said, oh, Jay, get your stuff on and come to Mick. Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid, yeah? I will be sick everywhere. I'm being sick coming into the sewage pit door because, you know, you get sewage pits what are like 30 foot gone down, like welds. And yeah, you're looking yeah. in and he's fixing some pumps down the bottom. I'm saying, Mick, 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 you got you got to call me on the, on the blower, man. I can't come into this place again. This is disgusting. This is what you got to do for the money. But I realised to myself, you know, you only have to put up with certain things, whether it's the, whether you're getting into drainage, whether you're working with certain plumbers and you're doing drainage work particularly. Like, say that, that that smell is ridiculous, but it's not a long time. Like, people would say to me, like, how could you do that? I'm like, do you think I was in there all day? No one's in there all day. You collapse. Like, you, you go in in intervals, you know, you do what you need to do and you come out. I get it. It's not the most glamorous thing. You don't want to go around telling people that. But at the end of the day, what I've realised now in life is nobody actually cares where you get your money from like that. So as long as you're paying your bills, who cares? Like, it's not something that some... Obviously, we all like to be proud of our job and, and, and presentate it in the right type of way. But sometimes a blocked toilet is a blocked toilet and it is what's blocking it. So yeah, you just can't run away from those facts. And, but I do think Jack, Mick and Dave had their equal um, influence on me. And also Mick as well as electrician, because Mick, when I always saw him on site, he was kind of like the cool laid back guy. Mick's never busting a sweat. Never busting a sweat. <laughs> Don't rap with Mick. Mick's got golf clubs in the back. Like after work, he's going to chill out. Like you lot need to, you lot need to chill out. But he also, I think working with him also allowed me to realize that there's a transition. And that's what they showed me from early was there's a transition within plumbing where it translates over into electrics they're gonna go like this yeah. so at some point you're gonna need the other trade so i think that's what that was when i didn't know it was that like they're, they're getting me ready to be able to be like okay we've got i don't know say we've got we've got a, or we've got a float valve which is connected up to a spur or something like that and we need you to wire it up something like that or we've got a spur or a commando switch can you you know can you isolate it do you know what it is blah blah and you're being able to identify these things but the the guidance what they gave me with the mixture it's dangerous dangerous to anybody because you're getting to see different things for yourself before you even get in there like I, I kind of realized what electrician done by the time I was 18 19 I knew what a plumber done at that point so I realized to myself like how I could combine them or use them in my in my best aspect and I think by gaining the knowledge about the electrics allowed me to have the confidence to do some things which some plumbers maybe wouldn't do. They wouldn't come in there and say, oh, we, I can change the fan. I can if it's a straight swap, but, you know, if it's anything else, and no, nah, I can't do it. But I'll have a look. And, you know, I think sometimes by having a look and saying that you're able to do that and installing that confidence in the person who you're seeing, they're like, yeah, sure. Just give us, give us. Yeah, 100%. Mate, I'm an electrician. I'm now 
in construction. I'm not technically a builder, but I'm doing projects. And I think that's the same attitude. You know, when someone said, do you know how to do data? I didn't know how to do data. I just said, mm. yeah. And then just, <laughs> I figured it out. And, yeah. and, and that, that, that process of just saying yes, diving into the deep end and having to figure it out always, always supported me. And obviously it, it's obviously helped you with getting to where you are now as well. I think um, I've had that a few times, like where I've where I'd left work from that situation from Claremont now and went out there to do. I started doing some agency work, and um, someone asked me to put a belt on on a on a AHU, so an air handling unit. So there's a motor, and there's a belt, and it's the belt pulls the yeah. pulley on the other side, yeah. So that's how it goes. That's how the fan goes around. So this belt fell off. All it is is just a belt, but it's quite thick. So I'm thinking, skeezers oh, asked me to do this. What am I going to do? So I'm in now at the job. So I've just went on to YouTube straight away. How to put a belt back on. There's a video. Oh, my God. I've just seen the video. Got a little couple tools. Got some flats. I didn't have a, a, a tightness test, a tension tester. So nobody say that. I just done it basically. Hopefully the motor didn't move too much up and down. But as long as it's still in the same place and you can get it on, you're all right. You squeeze it for a bit of tension. That's what the guy was doing in the video. I've done exactly that. I turned it back on and the motor ran. And you know what? After that, I said, you know what? Wow. Wow. You can, there's so much things you can learn. And that's when I really explored the part of like learning off of people when they're making content online. And I think that's what kind of birthed the idea in my head. But I didn't follow it up into process or put it into place for a long time because, you know, I wasn't sure of what I was going to do or how I was going to do it. So, so that brings us nicely to Mr. London Plumber. So how, how, did, that, how did that start? So, so now you, you picked up all of the eclectic skills yeah. from all these different characters, these, these, these amazing sort of like full of life characters that, that mm-hmm. you've, you're like a sponge taking from each person, you know, the best bits. And now, so, you know, influenced by your uncle and your family, did you, what was how what was like taking the jump to go on your own? I guess I'm trying to say. So taking the jump to go on my own, I was sitting in the car one time with my friend, uh, Jerome, big him up, he's uh, electrician. We were sitting down together. And I said to myself, I'd been working for a little while through agencies, getting some good money. Someone actually um, called me and said to me, do you know what? I've got a plumbing job I want you to run. The, I'll pay you 100k I had to come outside my workplace I put my phone up working I said what did you say what 100k um I was on a I was on a decent amount of money in the, at the time I, I didn't really what did you when hmm? you took that job no 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 oh. so <clears throat> he offered me the money for it because I was working in Hampstead at the time so this was somewhere that was quite local to it so I said mm, this person a light bulb came in my head and I said 100k Am I worth that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's told me my worth. So I'm worth a lot more than I'm allowing myself to value for or put myself out there. So this is what I can make. Okay, I'm not making it with him. I'm gonna make it on my own. That way that 100K, what he's talking about, it's probably two, it's probably three, but he just wants to make a little Brucey bonus off the top. I had known about this, how the industry and how people, (laughs) How, how it works it works like that isn't it if, yeah, if someone's yeah, yeah, gonna, of course if someone's gonna make x of you 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 have to understand you have to be 
um, real with yourself and be like, yeah, look, yeah. It's capitalism at its best. It's a balance. So I came outside in my car and this is the first time I got a notepad out in years. And I said, nah, need to make it myself. Need to think of a name. Where am I from? London. What am I? Plumber. Mr. London Plumber. Straight. Keep it basic, simple. I said to Jerome, what do you think about that? He was like, yeah, yeah, that can run. That can run. I like that. I like it. It's ringing. It's ringing. It's ringing. Started writing down stuff. Started writing down what type of services we was going to provide. Because we would have a lunchtime together. And most time we would chill and work together as a pair. We was on shift together. So we got to always sit down and fine tune the idea. I wrote it down. At this point, I was writing a lot of things. I was in that mood. I get into a mood where I just want to write stuff. I wrote a, At the same time, me writing Mr. London Plumber, I writ a cooking course here, which I'm going to bring out. And it's for couples and um, women. Yeah. So cook for your partner, loads of different styles of cooking. And I thought to myself, that's really going to go forward. But the plumbing idea thing, it's me because I'm already a plumber. I can do that. I can organize that. So let's get that pushing. So I push for that. And I've said to myself, I'm going to register the company and I'm going to do things as if how I see other people do things. I'm going to look for subcontracting jobs, be a subcontractor as a sole trader on a lot of these smaller firms and understand what they do. Because I'm a likable person, they're going to tell me some, but they're not going to tell you all the business. Some of it you have to work out for yourself. So I went on a mission of that and, I, and it was just like a mission of just collecting data. I worked for different people. I did what other people would do, which is steal people's customers, work off of people's customers and understand where did they get this customer base from? How did you get this customer base? Because that's what everyone is searching for. How do you find the person who needs electrician? How do you find the person who needs a plumber? You research like you're a person who needs a plumber, not a plumber. Because if you think that you're putting useful things, you're not. You're thinking like yourself. Mm. You're thinking what's useful to you. What's useful to you is not valuable to them. So I had to try and work that out for myself, which was, that was a, that was a, that was a mind-boggling one. But at the same time, I realized by working for these companies, I would understand how to operate like a company myself. And that's what that process was all about. Just operating as a company, because once you do that, I could see you could wing everything else if you really wanted to. You know, you, you, once you're through that door, you're one step closer. So I decided to do that. And um, I would put some of my content onto Facebook. So I had a Facebook account. Um, so how long, how, how long ago is this? So this was... Uh, 2017, I would say. Okay. So I played early, early days. So you've yeah. been on this from day one. I had to be because do you know what it is? I looked at my, Mr. London Plumber as a hobby to begin with. Yeah. I'm already a plumber, so why yeah, would yeah. I make a name for myself? Because I would, I would be working in Archway. I'd meet people on the street. Say, yeah, man, you want to get a good trade job? You want to get a good? I am. And a man, a, a man stopped me one time and he said, oh, I've been a, he'd been a plumber for such and such amount of years or he'd been an electrician for 15, 20 years. I said, big man, where's your card? Because them times there, people used to give a business card to people. Where's your card? I ain't got one. Well, see, so you just tell everyone by word of mouth. You must talk to a lot of people one day. 
So I thought you need a representation of yourself, which is online. So therefore yeah. you need a website, whether you like it or not. Your website is like your library, your history, your gallery, what you show. If you don't have an Instagram, you don't have a gallery, you don't have an... Especially catalog. nowadays, especially nowadays. There are some people who have generated such good reputations that word of mouth still travels for them. I do know that because even now I, I meet a couple people and, and I'm like, yo, where's your website? And I'm talking about OGs, you know, yeah, the, yeah, and yeah. they are they don't have it and they've built such a reputation. And I can see probably like yourself. You can see how that if as long as you keep the quality of work and your reputation, you probably won't need Mr. London Plumber. And like you said, it's probably like a, a hobby to build the brand even further. What it what it is, yeah. At the, uh, before I touch on that, but what it is is this that I think when you're building something here, yeah, we or you or I, I just didn't know what direction it was going in because mm. I'm just building something because I want to be able to say to other people, I own my own plumbing company. Mm. Yeah, I work for other people, but I own my own. Do you own your own? And I think that was just shortly gone of the Damon Dash interview, which was a very influential interview for our era when he spoke about business and he spoke about ownership. Because if that didn't resonate or ring from left to right with your ears, you're just not going to get it. You're not going to get the point of being the owner. You're not going to get the point of saying to yourself, I've got a, a nephew now and a niece and um i could say to my nephew when you're my nephew's one now but when you're 15 16 hey come work for me i'll be big time by then i'll be so big time people will stop him in your school come on. They'll, <laughs> they'll stop him in his school and they'll be like oh that's uh i saw your uh i saw your uncle in that video <laughs> so <laughs> what i was what i was saying about on my facebook is when i first started to upload some content onto facebook i was contacted by someone else and they said to me oh, I like the page what you've got and I like what you're doing. Is it possible that I could post something on your page? It was plumbing related. I said, yeah, sure. She goes, actually, do you want to be in an advert? I said, nah, come on, what is this? Like, I, I'm not really, I wasn't really social, social that way. I was just like, I would just put my stuff up. I wouldn't really speak to so many people, but I would want to just put my content up. So she was someone who was engaging with me. She was like, no, I like your content. I like what you do. Do you want to be in this advert? Yeah, sure, why not? So I went down to this, uh, she sent me some information and that's when I knew it was quite serious. When she asked for my email address, she was like, yeah, we need to send you a waiver. Well, I never, don't know what that is, but all right, cool, I'll sign it, whatever. So I signed the waiver, went down there, had makeup and, it's, and I found out when we're there, it's for Google, for Nest Pro. So I'm like, nice, nah, on now. Even though it's just the camera looking at me, I'm thinking, what am I going to say, man? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so it was so friendly and so natural yeah we had a conversation and i thought about he asked me a question about about being a plumber yeah and i said you know what jack and dave taught me you're not a good plumber until you get wet and that's the same thing i said in that advert and i don't know if he knows jack or dave knows but i learned that from them and that's what i said in the nest pro worldwide advert for google that's how my journey had went from these guys showing me that understanding that, you know, you're not a good plumber till you get wet. It can happen to you. Even good plumbers get wet. It's a part of your job. You're working with one of the elements of earth, which is water. Yeah. So therefore, you know, it's uncontrollable. Water pressure can, 
can, can blow your little finger off at one point, you know. So um, you just need to be mindful. But um, I think for me, being able to say that quote from them, it meant something to me because now they can understand how deep it resonates with me. And like I said, they're, they're, they are a big part. So I've done that advert. And then from that advert, it just went from strength to strength when it comes to social media. People started recognising me because there's not a lot of people that look like me. That's the first thing. So the recognition happened at a point. I went to a few trade shows and I said to myself, I'm going to speak to every brand who I want to work with. Hi, my name's Jason. I'm filming then. These times people weren't really filming. Hi, my name's Jason. I've got this page, Miss Alana Plummer. I had like 300 followers, da -da 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 -da. like can we blah, 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 blah. Cool, give me the business card. I had a business book. I filled that business book with contacts loads and loads of contacts from people who owned like light switches, brands, electrical companies, cables, um, people that sold pipe. Um, I even had my friend in there who is a main representative of Adidas and he does like influencer deals and stuff like that. So I said, at one point we're gonna do the crossover because we're gonna do fashion because I'm a man where like, we just need to do everything. Like when you're doing everything, people know you're that guy and there's no corners. When you, when you show people that there's no corners and you're going to show them everything what happens, that's when people, I think, will, you, you, you can actually see, well, for myself, I actually, actually see the bigger picture. And that stemmed back from fighting and making the decisions before I start the fight, which was, I'm going to build up my contacts and not come into this without no contacts. And even if I do meet people on the way, I understand sometimes that it's not that time to connect with them. It might be another time. I was in a Caribbean shop at them times called Juniors in um, Labrick Grove near, near Mozart, near Mozart Estate. So um, a guy come in and he said, is that a gold tooth in your mouth? I said, no, nah, it's a white gold tooth actually, but you know. And he's like, oh, it's nice. It's a nice little touch to it. I said, yeah, man. I said, yeah. so what are you getting in there? And he goes, I'm getting stew, brown stewed chicken. I said, nice, nice choice. So like, what do you do? I said, I'm a plumber. He goes, what do you do? I own a kitchen company on um, Notting Hill Road. I said, is it? Could I have your card? He's like, yeah, sure, man. Gave me his card. Um, I knew at that moment I didn't want to approach him for business or come to him with something. Even though I'd just done an advert and I was on a little bit of a high, humble yourself a little bit, innit? These, these people is on Notting Hill High Road. Just, you know, the flex of life is, is different. I could see it. So yeah, yeah. I waited some time and um, I contacted him like, two, three years later, and I said, do you remember me? I called him. He said, like, yeah, I remember you, man. He's like, oh, if you're ever in the area, pop down. Most people say that, innit? Some people don't mean it, but you know what? When someone says that, pop up on them. So I popped up on him and took the opportunity, and um, I showed him some of the stuff what I was doing, and he was like, do you know what, Jay? I followed your thing from when you told me what your name was. So I've seen all of this already. But do you know what? I, I will support you with everything what you want to do. If you want to do some videos in here, I'm going to do some content. I can get you some brands and we can do this and we can do that. And I said, you know what? I felt a way when I first met you because I couldn't speak how I wanted to speak. But I hope you understand that I was only staying away because I was trying to build myself up. Like, I didn't know these things. I didn't want to come around people not knowing stuff because then I'm not being myself. And I'm a person who, from Mr. London Plumber started, I've a person who is 
self-educated. I self-teach myself things which I need to learn in life. Editing videos, making content, making my roles, um, being able to do certain stuff online. I've all learned that myself, how to make my own podcast, all learned it myself. I watch videos about content, people who make photography, people who make, I watch their videos. I watch what they say because they're the professionals in it. I'm not a professional in it. I just make it look decent or make it look a higher standard to other people. But I'm also always trying to work on myself because I can see the line of the timeline of me getting better. And I always want that to increase, but I'm not banking on that, putting all my feelings on it because at all this time of me learning, I'm enjoying myself. And the minute I stop enjoying myself, is the minute I'll knock it on the head and go down a different road for me. But for the time, I think I can honestly say to some people that, you know, like I'd met them in transition times. I just wasn't ready to speak to them because they was doing some big things that I wasn't, what could I do? But then I look at it now and I said that I wasn't giving myself the value because for them even wanting to speak to me, they wanted you to contact them or want you to do something. But I didn't want to use all my, um, I didn't want to use all my contacts or use them when it wasn't the right time. I know timing is everything in life. Um, finding the right time to be able to take time for your partner, your family, all of these things are, are very paramount in my own life. So therefore I know concentrating or thinking about blowing off Mr. London Plumber, it's not necessary because even the people that know me around me from before, even they know it's gonna happen. Yeah, just wait. The bridge has been over on many, many different plumbing companies, one of recently. So therefore, you know, I, I grew up on Nas, the bridge is over. So, you know, that's my song. So now when these things happen, it only opens for everybody else. And you know, like when one falls, another door opens. That's what happens. So I, I wait patiently and things are starting to happen. But I've realized to myself, even with some things what have happened to myself on social media with um, brand deals where I got trolled by someone and they dropped it. And I was just like, whoa, is this how you deal with people? But it was a learning curve. And like I told you, my cousin, who is Julian, he's a graphics designer and he's the one who designed this logo. Yeah, sick. He, he does work with Rolls-Royce at the moment now and a lot of big companies where he does work where I couldn't even afford my cousin, put it that way. But he's my cousin. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you get it at a family price. Um, so, but I do obviously go to him for a lot of my inspiration. I go to him for conversations on what I should do next because my cousin works with, he works with big brands, big companies. So he knows what people are looking for and what people are I'd listening for. And he also tells me to be me at the end of the day. He's the biggest supporter of me being me. I won't lie my cousin and my sister because my sister sees me grow as her little brother and he's doing so many things he's in magazines people look at him as an influencer he, it's great but that's still my little brother you know and that's that's they're the things what I value because if I can look after my immediate family from the things what I'm doing and enjoying good catch yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've made it. And I, I know to myself that that's a calling for me personally is mm. to look after them because 
no one's life is easy. It was not easy being a plumber. It's not easy putting yourself in these scenarios and situations at work, which is, you know, you're going to get wet for the day. You're going to have to go on the bus soaking wet. Like it happens. You're going you're gonna to go to work one day and you're going to bust your finger. I bust my finger first thing on Monday morning. Corner of it, bust. Can't do anything on this now. <laughs> There's no weights going on. So um, these are the things which we run into, but we have to deal with and other people have to deal with around us. Like my partners who have been with me have been very understanding that work, I'm, I'm on work, I'm work driven. It's not the be in the end. I don't do it mm. every day, but when I get a B for it, I'm up for it. And I'm passionate about it, but I'm also not the person who's going to be the donkey on the site or the last man on the site, pumping away, talking about, oh, go on, Alan. Like, can I just work the weekends and all that? I'm a bit more <laughs> smarter than that. We've lived a little bit longer to not to be able to, you know, interact with that type of understanding. I, 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 don't, I don't knock anybody who works really hard. But it's about I balance. Sorry? It's about balance. 100%. And, but yeah. I think with, with life, you've got to have that balance. And I don't want to never neglect my family in any type of way because my family, are the, they're the biggest supporters of me. My parents, biggest supporters. My mum filmed one of my adverts for me, which i done for... Um, i done for EcoSil. So i done a silicone advert. My mum filmed it. Everybody don't know, but that's my mum that filmed that for me. Do you know what I mean? One of my biggest supporters, like, so I always want to do them proud and doing them proud today. Now I ain't going to stop till I'm like, I'm on, I don't know, Sky, QVC. I mean, everything. I mean, there's going to be a takeover. It's going to be like, um, I can't explain it. What the takeover is going to be like, but it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be monumentous. Trust me. It's going to be something to talk about. Someone's going to ring bells because, the time now of social media and us being able to connect with the younger generation as what we know, we've been through life and we've learned some experiences in your 20s. You learned who's bad. You learned not to do stuff. You learned police are going to stop you. All these types of things. So by able to put them into a ball and say to the young guys, you know what? I like you, you know? And the reason I like you is because you've got something about you. So... Let me just drop little gems on you and show you the way was going to be easier for you. I'm not going to show you the way of life because I can't do that. I'm going to show you a way was going to be easier for you to comprehend life and deal with certain situations. You know, when you have a situation where you are in the mindset of thinking about, do I go to work or do I just hit the roads with a mandem? If you hit the roads with a mandem, you could get pulled over by the police. It happens. They're looking for you. That's what you have to understand. If you hit the work, no one ain't looking for you. The only person that's looking for you on Friday is the man who's looking to pay you. And as long as you have that understanding of the, the understanding of people live more comfortably with not looking over their shoulder. Yeah. You can take that. And when anybody tries to say, oh, oh like, oh, you're just a working man and all that. Yeah, but I don't have to look over my shoulder. I have to worry about things what other people have to worry about. And, you know, being a working man or a working woman doesn't mean that you'd be working for the rest of your life. No. It's just how hard you want to work and what you want to work on. People, obviously, they pick things which are going to be beneficial. People see plumbers nowadays and they say, oh, you make a lot of money. 
what is a lot of money? Because a lot of money to you and a lot of money to me is a whole different story. Don't get me wrong. Today, as a plumber now, I've um, established a good relationship with designers. I like nice clothes. I have, I'm luckily to spend enough money in Montclair that they invite me to New Bond Street. They got, I got them on my WhatsApp. Like they must WhatsApp me. I'm spending. Come on. I'm rich. I'm not rich at all. Mr. I, just, I have to start calling you Mr. Montclair. But I, like, I, I just like nice stuff, just like yourself. I just yeah. like certain nice stuff. And I think to be able to even to be, um, for them to even put you on that type of pedestal or put you on that bracket, it's, it's some type of self-achievement. But I know that that is all like, that's a lot of self-esteem for me. Mm. It's not an achievement. More of achievement is me being in Hit Magazine for young kids and young kids still today want to know what I've got in my tool bag. You can have a look, come over. Don't buy the expensive stuff. Yeah, it's nice to have the, it's nice to have all the Milwaukee stuff. It's nice to have all the drills, but understand something. Milwaukee is Milwaukee money. Yeah. The first time I started driving, I got a car, got a BM. My first car when I started driving was a BMW Compact 325i. Wow, mine was a Ford Escort, man. You're doing bits, man. Do you know what? I, I my, <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was. But what I understood at that point was that if you've got a BMW, you've got a BMW money when it comes to mm. fix it. And this is what you have to understand. And this is what so they it create. It basically creates a mindset. It's like a good, pre- it's, a pre- it's a pressure that if you, as long as you can handle it, then, it, then it's good for you because it gives you that motivation, especially when you're younger. In, in, in different aspects, I've worked in different places amongst wealthy people. So I used to work at Pall Mall. And if you know Pall Mall, across the road is a place called the Sunseeker. It's a little place where they sell yachts. They don't sell them inside there, but there's a showroom. So I used to go there and speak to this lady inside there who's look at some sun seekers through the window. She'd be like, come in, like, look at this brochure and stuff. I can't afford it. So I'm selling at the glass. I can't afford it. Don't. She's like, I just come in, just come in. So I've come in, I've had a little look around. And we've started talking about boats and then I've started to find out some information about it. So I said, okay, so how much is like the basic one? I said, about three million. How much you got out to run it? Three quarters of the money. A year? Yeah. Because, you know, you need to dock it. Petrol... And I said to her, how much does it cost if I was, if I had one and I went to drive to about France or something? So about 600 pounds in, in, in diesel. I said, no, no, no. You have to get the US start and all that. <laughs> you have to get the US, because you've got to come back, remember, innit? Yeah. I mean, you've just got to catch a wind or something. But um, it was an eye opener. And I realised, you know, like when you have money to maintain it, you've got to learn about money. You've got to lose some money. You've got to make some money and you've got to be willing to make some. And I think the reminder of having some bills and some invoices in my phone to today, which are not paid by people, reminds me of how I need to stay on my job because people will exploit you in this industry. People will use you to their best, to their best. And if you're good at what you do, you might be too passionate to care about being paid in the right way. So therefore you're undervalued, but your value, when you learn it yourself, or somebody tells you in that incident when that guy told me about a hundred grand. I, I think I even called my dad that day. I said, this man's messed up, you know, he just told me something mad, dad. He's like, what? He told me he wanted to pay me a hundred grand. He said, what? You take it? I said, nah, man, what I'm doing now, I'm going to make something and I'm going to make that money. He said, yeah? Yeah. He said, you better do that. I'm like, all right. 
cool, let's get to it. And you know, like once I've showed my dad that I've got a plan, I ain't stopping because I'm a man that, even He's... when it comes to, to judo or anything, I, I'm not trying to let my family or myself down, but I don't feel as if I put too much pressure on myself by trying to do that. I feel that like it's a fair balance because it's went from the hobby to now being a, a, an active hobby, an active paying hobby as well, where I've pushed it out to different platforms like ViewPay, which um, people subscribe and I put up content, but I tell you like what to do in those videos, but it's step-to-step -step videos and stuff. Like I don't want to put on Instagram anymore because I've put tons of content on there. So therefore now I want to structure it and tailor it to the people who need it. When I realized I was getting people messaging me from Brazil, Nigeria, Ghana, Zimbabwe, people are saying, bro, you need to come out here because, you know, we need guys like you. I said, you know what? This is a bigger calling for me. Yeah, I need to do something worldwide soon. And we will do that because the brands that want to work with, they have to understand that if you want to work with me, this is part of the deal. If you're not going to do this, we're not doing it. And eventually, you know, it will work because I, I, I take the enjoyment of giving back. I take that very deeply. If I get one message on Instagram and it's, it's a 17-year-old, I got one yesterday. He said he saw me in a shepherd's bush. I put it up in my storyline. He said, why did you stop me? He goes, I didn't know it was you. But he's like, bruv, I can't believe you've messaged me back. I'm like, Bro, you just saw me. What do you think I'm going to do? Not message you? I said, no, 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 no. I'm a normal guy. Stop this. You might see these followers, yeah? But understand something. If you see me in the line in Tesco's, just wait behind until we get outside. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like, I'm just a normal person. I, I have an Instagram. Yes, I'm able to talk to people. Yes, I'm able to come on camera. Yes, I've been a teacher. But it doesn't change. I'm a normal person, just like everybody else. We all need help. We all need a person to be able to speak to, to turn to, to ask for advice, to say that, like, you know, Russell, you've been, you've been in this situation before. What do you think about this? Do you, do you think he's, is that how it goes, yeah? Well, okay. Because honestly, Russell, I didn't know. Yeah. And I don't think you'd even be, even if I asked you that as a person now, I don't think you, I know you wouldn't judge me and say that, like, oh, I did, well, I didn't know that. Because you don't, you're not that type of person. So it's not something I need to ask. I just know that it's a, a welcoming environment where we can learn off of each other and the skills, what we all have in life, what we learn in our twenties and our thirties, and they're going to pay off in the forties and the fifties. I learned that from some, a clip on, on online somewhere. Like you make your mistakes in your twenties. You deal with them problems in your late twenties and by your thirties, you're fine tuning everything. So that's when you got to your 40s. That's it, was mad. it was mad. When I turned 33, I felt like, not on the day, but I felt like suddenly like a shift had happened where I was just suddenly starting to use everything I'd learned versus trying just like still consume and still learning, but yeah. like starting to actually now use that and the data that's coming in is just tweaking it. And that, that, that's crazy when that starts to happen because... You're so thankful for the experiences that you have been through because, oh, wow. you're, because the, the knowledge and the, the, the guidance and just the, um, the right ways to put things play such a key role. Experience in life is priceless, priceless at, overall. Like the traveling, what I've done when I was younger, when I'd been to so many different countries, 
when I'm when I'm with my woman or women now and they say that you're a well-traveled person. Yeah. Oh, oh, That's it. It's, it's a wrap. Man's in the top one percent out here. Come on. Well, I'm in the one, I'm in the three percent because I'm six foot three as well, but I'm gonna add that in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Well, yo, but, Jason, um, this, 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 this has been the longest podcast ever. I didn't even want to yeah. stop it. We're just like running and running. And I think we could run in for another two, three hours. We didn't even get to yeah. speak about your teaching. So I think for me, I'm yeah. definitely going to have to have a second episode where we actually explore this helping the, the, the generation behind us. And like, yeah. obviously we need to have a chat as well because we're both really passionate about that and giving back and how we 100%. can create some synergy around that. But I just want to say um, I'm truly grateful and I truly appreciate your time. And like, even, even for me, I've taken so much of your golden nuggets and wisdom. So I can't imagine a young person like me at 16 listening to this. This will be, mm-hmm. wow. I'll, I literally wouldn't be able to sleep for like two, three days. You know that mm-hmm. month. So Thank like, I'm, I'm, I'm truly grateful for you coming on today and you know, even when Earl was like, yo, we need to get Mr. London Plumber on here. He's ready. He's ready. Like, let's do this. Mm. I was so excited, so pumped. And yeah, I just want to say thank you, man. Well, well I appreciate you. For part, of the same, part, part of the same tribe. A hundred percent, man. I appreciate you having me. And I see everything what you're doing, Russell. And I've been a fan of you from the start. Like I appreciate said, that. I've watched a lot of your content and it's engaging. You tell the story and you tell it in such a way where people can understand it. And that's what I love myself because I learn off of you. That's true. I've learned off of a lot of your videos, even mannerism, how to conduct yourself and, and just some of the presence as well, because the presence is professional. I've got to be honest. So um, Cheers, I appreciate that. Thank I, you. I'll always support whatever you're doing. Vice versa. Of course, we can definitely uh, collab and do some projects because helping people, I think it's, one of our callings in life, regardless on, on what creed anybody is, helping people is one of the best things you can give back and do for somebody else. And at your urology in life, when you've got a urology, what's going on for two, three hours, you don't need to ask if that person was a good person. That's all I want in my life is the urology to be like two, three days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to I I see if I could outdo David Attenborough. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> Come on, I reckon you could do it, man. You got a lot of time, a lot of time yeah. on you in front of you. Yeah. But yeah, look, it's love. Appreciate like, it. trust me, honestly. Um, and we might have to start doing little, little um, what's it called? Insta lives. I reckon this thing could pop. In Insta lives is where it's happening at the end of the day because I definitely think Instagram is what you're doing right now, and it's Instagram is relevant to the key. And the collabing on Instagram is the most powerful thing that you can do for your own account to be able to push up the algorithm, but to also show people that it's not just about me. Mm. Because Instagram, what I find now is what people are forgetting and what I want to start showing people is add your value. Yeah. Big man, I could take my picture off. I could take my top off and get views because i got packs. But I'm not hair selling sets. Yeah. I'm hair selling my story your journey yeah and and that's what it is and when i've done this little documentary on my page yeah one of the videos uh, is the most viewed video that i've ever had and i'm so happy because it's about me 
that means that the people who follow you or the people that see you on this social platform, they care about you. And, you know, like I've got videos with people who have got way more followers. Some of my friends are professional footballers, so I can get a lot of people to come on my page. You know, it's not hard, but I want it to be solely about the things what I'm about in life, which is some of my friends, which is my, one of my best friends, a football player. Um, but I also want to show my value of me, of who I am. Like, and I get it that sometimes people, they only see this exterior of you, this couple pictures. Oh, this guy does a couple jobs. This guy does, does, does. You don't understand. On the way home from work sometimes, I'm chatting to my nan. My nan's on loudspeaker talking about, are you done work and all that? Oh, where's he working? She was here about the jobs and all that. This is what really happens to me in real life. And then I've got to write a report when I get home. And then I've got yeah. to send some pictures. And then I'm in the gym. And then when I speak to people, they're like to me, oh, well, how do you have that much energy to do that? Do you know what? you got this chance in life, isn't it? If you think that I ain't seen people live life and turn it around or go from one to the next, I have. I've seen friends who, some of my friends, one of my friends from growing up, he's got a 27 year jail term. I've got serious road friends and that do, they're serious. People are in music now, but they're serious people outside that. So that's my, that's my go-to. My friends from Kilburn, some of my friends from like um, Mozart, that type of area, West London. And they're from the Estates. So I've lived that. I actually used to go out raving with Mark Duggan. But these are the things which I don't like to say, not because like people see some of my background, but like I said, I've been a DJ before. I've been well known for being my DJ now. Mm. It's very easy for people to connect to these two people are together. And, but the history, what I've learned, like even growing up and being around my Yardi friends from Boardwater Farm and understanding how Boardwater Farm got made by the people who lived there. The documentaries on YouTube. Don't think that people have been putting work in their own communities, but people don't want to recognize them or give them a plaque for doing what they're doing. Believe me, it does happen. But um, there must be a way how to change these things. And sometimes documenting our journeys as we go forward can never be denied. You can never yeah. say that I didn't do that because I've done it already. Yeah. And I think that's the power within the social. And that's the power we all have, but it's what sometimes what we think, oh, what's my crowd going to recognize? what's my crowd going to resonate with what's going to bang the best what's going to get me the best views big man don't worry about the best views i had a i had a, i got a deal recently with uh wilsley plumbing yeah and they said we watch your content and we've spoke about you about eight times jason in the meetings yeah we just want to know you, you don't want to work with us because we we just like everything what you do we're not even going to ask you to film it how we want to film it you just film it like just run it to us see how we think I said, yeah. And the guys who I talk to, I, I work with an agency as well who get me work as well. So they're like, Jason, I don't know whatever you're putting out on your gram now, yeah, but they're on you. Like we've had six people bell up for you and say, saying, oh, do you work with that Mr. London Plumber guy? Could you get, could you get him in? Could you? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's expensive. You, you know what it is? It's, it's authenticity. It's just like, as you said, you're just being you. And that's, mm. I, don't, I don't go on it enough but I want to, and I know I'm slowly building up to it, but it's just like, cause if I'm going on there, like you said, I don't, I don't even watch the video or look at the views or, you know, the only thing I'm interested in is the comments and do I need to reply to anyone, yeah. but it's that authenticity. And I think you can't, 
you can't replicate that. People can try fake the funk for for however many years or be an actor or whatever, but you can't offend authenticity cuts through everything, through yeah. every yeah. every barrier, every you know, and I think that's one of the things that resonates with with me and when I see you, like and and yeah, I can see it going worldwide because it transcends, it doesn't, you don't even need a language when you watch you because you can just see you're being real and the struggle's mm. real and the, the 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 good life is real. And yeah, that's why I, I tip my hat to you. I, I I used to get a lot of stick from my partner. My partner used to do, she does social, yeah. And she had a page at the same time as me. She's got a beauty company. It's a bit different, but um, she used to tell me, oh, stop putting your judo stuff up. because like, People don't want to hear about that and all that. I said, what? Stop putting my judo stuff up. I'm going to put on all my medals tonight. You're like, I don't come in the front room like this day to day <laughs> after I finish work. So I put my medals on, yeah. And I've done a quick video on the stairs. And then I got the most amount of views on my, uh, like, a, 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 a reel what I've done. Yeah. And it was just about myself. Where I said, like, I don't, I don't want to be anybody else. I just want to be myself. And I don't compare myself to other people because I am myself. And I'm comfortable with being myself. And that's what I had to make myself realise at some points because I had to say to myself, these people who are all following me, they're following me for a reason. They're not following me because they want to see me. They want to, they do want to see you with the up times, but give them the times which are you, your personality. Like some of the women who watch my storyline, they don't like my page, but they watch my storyline because they say to me, oh, Jason, you're mad real, you know? Like you're, like some of the things you come out with there, you bust me up. I said, do you know what it is? I just say how it is. I know sometimes, appropriation is in line because we want to always be PG to some degree, but to be professional all the time is not a necessity in my yeah, life. hundred percent. It, it's nice to be, but at the end of the day, that's not how life is. So I think by giving people a false narrative or a picture, which we don't live is far from away. You know, like I, that's why I, even from before I, I always had to start, pushing black issues or black stuff on online like i was one of the first people to message wilsley straight away blasting them what are you talking about blah 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 blah. I blasted them they sent me a message back i said don't ever because i'll show your message to everybody oh we're really sorry about the miss london plumber da, 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 da. is there anything that we could do like um do you reckon you still would want to work with us in the future and all that i said no way <laughs> i said no way are you crazy I said, are you crazy? Because I see what people do because Gary V said a long time ago, yeah, that if you've got your own media company, your media outlet, yeah, you're at such a powerful point. Russell, I buy lights. So when I do lives in the evening, light ain't dimming on me. Yeah. Forehead's still shining. I see late it filming. shining. I see you shining. I see filming. you shining. But, but these, are, these are the things which we need. We need to understand. We need to understand that we need to invest in ourselves in these points. So therefore that we come across a lot clearer. I've got a sure mic plugged in right now, which I paid for as £110 for this mic. But everybody who sees me, who I know, even my friends that do music, it goes to me, RJ, see your audio is mad clear, you know? I said, yeah, big man. I paid for the proper thing. I don't ramp <laughs> with that. You, you know that? Like, I don't have thousands of pounds to spend on these things, but through doing these projects with these companies, believe me, the money's coming back in folds. And mm. I'm reinvesting in myself so I can put out better quality. I understand that 
quality isn't everything. It's to do with the story and to do with the narrative, what you're telling, because that's what people will stick with. But having a better quality allows people to stay for a lot longer. I know that. Like, I know that for myself. And it's just like, um, I wish we could have sometimes, what I do want to have is like, like a black power meeting where like a lot of other influencers who are black, who we can go on and we can talk. It's nothing right recorded on our feet. Just have a conversation because I reach out to, I know some American plumbers and this guy that I know from America, he's got quite a few followers, 12K followers named Omar. He, he's sponsored by Rigid. Um, he was telling me that he was getting some people calling him the N word in the comment section. And I said to him, brother, man, let me tell you something. People are just like this in life. Where we put ourselves out on these platforms, remember it's only me and you, you know? So if he's not getting me, he's getting you. But understand something and understand something. We ain't going nowhere for none of these people. So they're going to have to either put up or shut up because we're not going to have it. And we've got enough people who are alliancing with us, but at the same time, if we alliance together, mm. problem, it's a problem. And that, that's all it needs to come to because we're all going to go through some of these same things at the same time. I get trolled because I'm the black guy with the gold tooth. Oh, he's not da-da-da-da. Do you know what it is, mate? I don't do show for work like you guys. I'm not carrying around boilers or, or bring, because I've had my time doing that. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, but what it is, is our industry is full of people who want to see a pound of flesh. That's the ideology behind it. A pound of yeah. flesh for this one piece of pound, big man. Or what back in the day, what used to be a panda flesh for this flipping shelling. But it's now progressed. Yesterday I was doing a job at um, a chef's house in Acton. I said to him, this is what they do in life, yeah? And this is the biggest philosophy. This is what I'm going to get on my new t-shirts what I'm going to come out. It's going to, the line's going to be called philosophy. So <clears throat> this is life. It's called this is life. And there's a plate and there's a saucer. You have to understand in life, people want you to eat off the saucer, but show you the plate. I'm not down for that. I'm not. And this is what people have to understand. It's like, I wanted to say that in the point of the, with the young people and the, um, and the, uh, sorry, we've we stopped recording now, don't it? No, no, we haven't, we haven't. Oh. No, 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 no. So, oh. listen, we I didn't want to end it because you just kept oh, okay. dropping science and knowledge and <laughs> bars and, and, but yeah, look, Thank you again, man, Jason. Like, really appreciate it. I think, you know, as I said, this is this is this is going down in history, the longest podcast ever. <laughs> I can't see anyone beating it anytime soon. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And I'm I'm sure we're gonna get you on in the next couple of months. New year must be yeah. the first guest, new year. And then you can tell us a little bit more. Hopefully, we're gonna keep keep up with your progression. We're gonna, I'm going to keep up with your progression as well, man, because I love the work, what you're doing, the way you put the projects together. Like I said to you, it's inspiring and influential is what you're doing right now. I can't wait to see you on Grand Design. And when you get that little call up and they say, uh, oh, he's down there with his mate, his plumber mate. Hopefully I'm the <laughs> other guy. Yeah, that's, that's you, like 100%. That. <laughs> I'm like, what, Russell, was that the guy from the TV series, yeah? <laughs> it's, ha it's happening, it's happening. Of we course, need to start, our, and, and I want to say it on here in, in front of you, I, I completely agree with you about the media company, and it's something that I've been thinking about for almost two, three years, and every mm -hmm. time I go to start it, it just feels like it's not the right time, but 
trust me, I'm definitely, definitely 100% going to be starting a media company. So we're going to have a synergy and be able to control our own narrative and, and, you know, inspire and, and send our message out uncensored, you know, yeah. and keep, keep that authenticity. So, but again, once again, thank you, bro. And um, you awesome, I'll, ca- I'll catch you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks everyone for listening to the journey podcast. I really appreciate it. Please um, leave any comments and me or Mr. London Plumber will, will get back to you. Any questions you have, obviously follow him on it, on his uh, Insta, Mr. London underscore Plumber, or just even enter Mr. London Plumber. Algorithms are hitting his page hard. Come on. Fair, fair, fair. Thank you, right. guys. Thanks. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate right. you just listening. You've been listening to the Journey Podcast with Russell Hughes. The show where we share the real journeys of people who are crushing it in their industry. We hope you gain some serious value that will help guide you on your journey of never-ending constant improvement. Remember to like and subscribe and we'll see you in the next episode.